You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, let's examine something very important over here, which is the verse of the cave, which is highly cited amongst other schools of thought as a very huge virtue for Abu Bakr. Let's examine in detail this verse. So the verse of the cave is in Surah At-Tawbah, verse number 40. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا تَنْصُرُوهُ فَقَدْ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after talking about their assassination plots and their attempts, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported him. Now Allah doesn't mention exactly whom he's talking about here, Allah uses a pronoun, but from the previous verses that are talking about the Prophet, we know who the pronoun refers to. So when Allah says, فَقَدْ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهُ Who is Allah talking about? The Prophet Allah has given the Prophet his nasr and his support. This is clear from the context of the verse. Allah is now telling us the story of how he saved him and he supported him. إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those unbelievers caused the Prophet to leave Mecca because they decided to assassinate him. They left him with no option but to escape. He was the second of two being in the cave. He, the Prophet, says to his companion, Don't be sad, don't have sorrow. Allah is with us. Then Allah sent down his sakina, his tranquility on him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported him with invisible unseen soldiers. So they take this verse as a big virtue for Abu Bakr. See the Quran calls him second of two, they're two and Allah is praising that. And he's a companion of the Prophet in the Quran, when it says that it's a praise. And the sakina came down on him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the tranquility, that inner state of rest and belief in God, and that only comes down on a believer. What was single? Yes, well they say, many of them say Allah sent His Sakina on him, meaning Abu Bakr. We'll, we'll, we'll debate that now, we'll examine that. So this is a clear verse in the Holy Quran that is praising Him. Let's now break this down and analyze each of these claims one by one. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says thaniyathnain, the Prophet was the second of two. Allah is telling us about the number of people who were in the cave. Does that in itself, in any way, give a virtue to the one who was with the Prophet? If the Prophets, if Allah says there were two people, the Prophet and someone, the number, since when does a number give you the meaning of a virtue? Does a number give you the meaning of a virtue? Allah is just telling us they were two. Is there any virtue in that? Is that a praise? If I say there were three people in the room and one of them was good, does that mean the other two are good? No, 
<laughs> numbers are silent. They don't tell you anything about people. Numbers are just numbers. They just tell you quantity. How many people? Do they tell you about quality? Since when do numbers talk about quality? Numbers in any language talk about quantity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they were two. Okay, they were two. They were not three. How is that a virtue? So this definitely is not a virtue. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls him a companion. He says to his sahib. So they say, see, the Quran is confirming that he's a companion and that's praising him. Question, the word sahib, companion, in itself, does that in any way give the meaning of praise? No. Why not? Exactly. We can draw from Quranic examples in which the Quran uses the word sahib to, ref to refer to non-believers. The very famous story of Prophet Yusuf when he was in prison and he had two companions. Those two companions, what were they worshipping? Idols. And that's why he gave them advice. How does, does he address them in the Quran? What does he tell them? Ya sahibay sijn. Oh my two companions of the prison. Does that mean the Quran was praising those idol worshippers? In fact, he's rebuking them. He's telling them, isn't worshipping one God better than all these idols that you're worshipping? So the Quran considers an idol worshipper, an unbeliever, to be the companion of Prophet Yusuf That means the word companion in itself does not denote any special virtue. It just means the one who's with you, that's it. That person who's with you can be good or bad. So this in itself does not in any way give you the meaning of virtue, yes. Okay, uh, about the two companions in the prison, another Yusuf, uh, didn't they convert and become, uh, believe in Allah? At the point when he was talking to them, were they believers or were they idol worshippers? When he called them my companions, they were idol worshippers, okay. So that means you can call an idol worshipper a companion. That proves the point, regardless of what, they, what happened to them after that. Whether they believed or not, in that moment they were mushrik. In that moment. Yet Prophet Yusuf calls them what? My companions. That proves that you can call someone who's not a believer a companion. That's enough for us, regardless of what happened to them later. Okay, that's one proof from the Holy Quran and this is Surah Yusuf verse... 39. Another verse, Surah Al-Kahf, verse 37, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a conversation that took place between a believer, a mu'min, and a kafir. The Quran says, the believer said to his kafir companion, Allah says, قَالَ لَهُ صَاحِبُهُ وَهُوَ يُحَاوِرُهُ His companion said to him while he was debating him, talking to him, are you doing kufr in God? Believer saying that to his disbelieving companion. So that means you could have a companion who's a disbeliever, yet you call him sahib, according to the Holy Quran. This is Surah Al-Kahf verse 37. In fact, the word sahib in Arabic is so general, it can even include non-humans. 
For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Qalam, verse 48, He refers to the whale of Prophet Yunus as what? Sahib, companion, friend. فَاصْبِرْ لُحُكْمِ رَبِّكْ وَلَا تَكُنْ كَصَاحِبِ الْحُوتِ And don't be like the friend or the companion of the whale. Even you could use that word to refer to a whale. What kind of a virtue is that? Is Allah praising the whale by saying that? No, it has nothing to do with it. So this expression in the Qur'an that the Prophet said to his sahib in no way is a virtue. It's just saying that the Prophet said something to his companion. Companion could be good, companion could be bad. Companion could be a believer, could be a hypocrite. That verse does not tell us anything about this companion, just with this expression. So that's the second very important point in the verse. Number three, they say, but see, the Prophet loved him so much and he was so concerned about him, he told him, لا تحزن, don't have sorrow, don't be sad. He doesn't tell him, don't be fearful, because we have a word for that in Arabic that specifically means fear, which is لا تخف, don't have خوف, don't have fear. He tells him, don't have sorrow, don't be sad. So they're saying, see, the Prophet as of his compassion, he's telling him, it's okay, don't be sad. Well, if he was a bad person, why would the Prophet console him like that? Give him consolation like that. Our response to that, this phrase in itself is not in any way praising him. In fact, many of our scholars have considered this phrase to be what? A vice for him, not a virtue. Why? Before we try to speculate what his intentions are, we'll, we'll get to that point. Here's what, what scholars have said. They're like, if you have sorrow, regardless of what he had sorrow about, either his sorrow was in God's obedience or disobedience. Either his sorrow was good or bad. Is there a third option? No. If his sorrow was good, and he's concerned about the life of the Prophet and he's showing his love and concern for the Prophet, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing, that's God's obedience. If his sorrow was in God's obedience, why would the Prophet prohibit him from, from obeying God? Why? If what he did was good, why would the Prophet prohibit him and tell him, don't be sorrowful? Because the Prophet never prohibits you from doing something good. And if it was bad, well that's why the Prophet prohibited him. So that's the argument many scholars have made, yes. This is La An-Nahiyya, yes. La Tahzan, and that's why it is what? Majzum. Because La An-Nahiyya, the prohibiting no, don't, the imperative don't, it makes the verb after it Majzum. And that's why Tahzan, it's not tahzanu, because a fi'l mudara' is what? Marfu' But over here it is majzum, that's why it has the sukun. Yes. We'll get to that. We'll analyze that phrase. And that's a very powerful argument that we can make. Now, what is my personal view about this argument our scholars have made? That the Prophet telling him, La tahzan. Um, indicates that he was disobeying God and that his sorrow was negative, uncalled for, and that's why the Prophet prohibited him. 
I myself, I'm not sure how valid this argument is because we do have many instances in the Holy Quran in which this word is also used for prophets, for righteous people, such as Jesus السلام, telling his mother, La tahzani, don't have sorrow when she was about to give birth. He told her, don't have huzun, don't have sadness, right? It doesn't mean that what, she's, what she was doing is necessarily bad. And we have, you know, a number of, of, of other verses like that. So it's not clear to me that that in itself indicates he was disobeying God. But it's also not praising him. We just don't know why the Prophet said that to him. It could be, it could go either direction. So that in itself is not proof that he's being praised. But is it proof that the Prophet is rebuking him for that sorrow? It's not that clear to me, to be honest. But many scholars have said that. For me, it's not that clear. Yes, for me, the word choice that God used is alarming. Because if it was just fear that he had, the Prophet is going to be killed, maybe he will be killed. The Quran should have said, La takhaf, don't be fearful, Allah will protect us. But, but he, he had huzun, he had sorrow. See, huzun in Arabic is grief, sadness, sorrow. Why? In that state, why would you have sadness or grief? You, you do the judgment. Why are you sad? See, if somebody is about to attack you and you're about to get killed, you're not sad, you're what? You're scared, you're in fear. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not use that word which specifically means fear? And Allah uses a word that means sorrow, sadness. You're about to get killed, what are you sad about? <laughs> you do the judgment here. But it's, it's, it's very important why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this word and not why la takhaf. Because in normal usages, that's exactly what you tell someone. You tell your friend, don't get scared. You don't tell them, don't be sad, don't be sorrowful. Sorrow is when you've missed something, <laughs> right? Do you know if those guys came and got to them, he was safe. Do you know when he came back? Unless if they don't get to them. That's a possibility. That's definitely a possibility. So it's very interesting why Allah uses this word. In any case, what is very clear to us, it's not a praise. Now what is it exactly, what his intentions are? Allahu A'lam, God knows. But is that in itself praising him? In no way is that praising him. In fact, we have many, many verses that say the believers, those who have Iman, they don't have Huzun. For example, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 38, Surah Al-Baqarah verse 62, Surah Al-Baqarah verse 112, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the believer that they have no huzun, they have no sadness. Allah says, فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ The one who is on my path and he's following my path, they have no fear, they have no sorrow. Whereas this guy had sorrow. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about those who believe and do good. Allah says, فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ Allah will give them their reward. وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ They don't grieve, they don't have sorrow. And look at Imam Ali on that night. Even though the danger is surrounding him, did he have any traces of sorrow? No, no traces of sorrow. In fact, when the Prophet told him 
you know, I'll be saved and you'll be sleeping in my bed. He even smiled, he even laughed. Look at the contrast. And then look at the Quran and talking about the believers, Allah says they don't grieve, they don't have sorrow. So we have many, many verses. Surah Al-Baqarah verse 277, Surah Yunus verse 62, the true friends of God. There's no fear, there's no sorrow, yes. Yeah, the Prophet cast dirt into their eyes and he recited a verse from Surah Yasin which is called the verse of the barrier, that's why they didn't see him. Now the next part, inna allaha ma'ana, very briefly, the next part, inna allaha ma'ana, God is with us, see, God is with Abu Bakr. Well, the Holy Quran tells us what? God is with everyone, everywhere. وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ Allah in another verse, He says, and He's with you wherever you are. Is that praise? And Allah is not talking about the believers, in fact, in that verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, He's talking about people who whisper and they think God can't hear them and they're conspiring. Allah says, look, don't conspire. I'm with you wherever you are. Is that a praise? <laughs> Obviously not. So the Quran saying the Prophet told him God is with us, that means God is watching. He's here. Don't be so worried, right? Allah is the master planner here. That in no way is praising Him. God is everywhere, even if the unbelievers are there, Allah is still there. So that in itself is not a virtue. The final point, and this is the most powerful point. If you look at the context of the verse, Allah is using the pronoun to refer to the Prophet. They caused him to leave. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported him. He told his companion, God is with us. Then Allah says, he sent down his sakina on him. Who's that him? No, it's either the prophet or that companion. One of these two. Who's sakina, that tranquility in the heart? They make the argument that it's Abu Bakr because the prophet doesn't need the sakina. He already has the sakina. This is negated by other verses in the Quran, which clearly state in other battles, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his sakina ala rasulih. So the Quran does state very clearly that the sakina comes down on the rasul. So their argument that the Prophet doesn't need sakina is invalid. No, in fact, the sakina always comes down on the Prophet. So if you look at the context of the pronouns in the Arabic language, the pronoun is referring to the Prophet, not to the companion. That would be uneloquent for the Qur'an to make the pronoun go against its context and refer to the companion. So the sakina came down only on the Prophet. Why is that important? There's only two people in the cave. In every other verse in the Qur'an that Allah mentions the sakina, it comes down on the believers. So Allah says the Sakina comes down on the Prophet and the believers, or the Sakina come down, comes down only on the believers, on the Mu'mineen. We don't have an example in the Quran in which the Sakina is coming down on other than a Mu'min. So the question is, if he was a Mu'min 
why the Sakinah did not come down on him. Because the Quran in other verses, such as Surah At-Tawbah verse 26, states that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought down his Sakinah on the Messenger and the believers. So whenever the Prophet was with the Mu'mineen and he received Sakinah, the believers also received that tranquility from God, except in this verse. Only the Prophet is receiving it. Why? Well, you draw the conclusion. Why is he being denied the Sakinah of God? Why? Tells us it should have been Alayhima, yes. On both of them. Because when Allah talks about Sakinah, about the Prophet and believers, Allah says, all of them were included, the Prophet and all the Mu'mineen. Why in this verse, Sakinah is exclusive to the Prophet and his companion was not included? Why? Well, I'm not, you know, passing any judgments here, but we have to contemplate the Book of God. When the Quran deliberately excludes him from Sakinah, it's telling us a lot about this person.